couple of years ago, you invented an acronym, which was GOMO. What does that stand for, Sue? <laughs> That's right. It was a variation of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Right. And I was doing a story about grief when you do actually miss out. And so I called it grief over missing out. And it never really caught on GOMO. But in fact, I was asked the other day to write another story about GOMO. Right. <laughs> and I was delighted. Yeah. Because maybe this time it will stick. Yeah. Who knows? GOMO. So we'll be talking about GOMO. What else have we got? The move of lots of people towards coastal regions in Australia and also regional areas as yep. well, um, post-COVID, and um, the newest recruits to that trend. Right. And we're going to be talking about your rights and responsibilities when you move into an apartment block and how you can get some advice on that. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So, Sue, you've been writing about GOMO, grief yes. over missing out. Yes, because the housing market at the moment is so tough and the apartment market is, is similarly tough. I mean, in some areas it's a little bit soft. I mean, particularly in Melbourne CBD, it's, it's kind of quite easy to buy an apartment there and the prices haven't gone up at all. And in certain areas, well, very few areas of Sydney, it's the same. Harris Park, I think, out west mm -hmm. has shown the, the biggest, has actually shown a drop in apartment prices. But everywhere else, apartments are doing incredibly well. And there's a huge demand, far greater than an excess of demand over supply. So a lot of people are going to auctions or trying to, to buy apartments that are actually for sale. And a lot of them are missing out and See, time and time again. I thought apartment prices were going down and rents were going down. Um, rents have gone down, but they've kind of, they're coming back up again. Um, apartment prices in most areas are quite strong. They're just soft in some areas, so the CBDs of most cities, certainly Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. But in lots of other areas, apartments are doing pretty well. Right. And there is still a shortage of apartments in many areas. You know, there in some, there's an excess, Docklands or um, Green Square over in Sydney. But most areas, it's quite patchy and demand is much greater than supply. So lots of people are missing out a lot. So it's people are going into the areas that people really want to go into Mm. And there's just not enough supply. That's right. So they're kind of... A friend of mine is trying to buy an apartment. She was trying to buy in the eastern suburbs or the inner west of Sydney. And she's been missing out time and time again because obviously prices can be so strong. Yeah. You know, she, she'll she go to an auction where the price guide is maybe 850 and the apartment ends up selling for 1.1, which is above her budget. Right. Isn't that also above the limit for under... Quoting? Well, it's really hard at the moment, I think. I, I do feel sympathetic for real estate agents because often during the duration of, say, a four-week campaign for auctions, they're starting at a certain price. The next week they're adding 50000 on. The next week they're adding another 50000 on because people are coming to them and saying, I'm prepared to pay this much. And they're thinking, well, the price is going to have to go up as a result. So it's really hard for them to keep track because the market is just so hot. So is there any advice for people who are suffering GOMO? Yes, lots of advice, really. <laughs> um, the idea is that 
I, I was talking to lots of psychologists and also a psychotherapist, and they were saying, the thing is, grief is really real. And, you know, we tend to think of grief, you know, the death of a loved one, the death of a partner, death of a family member or a friend having an accident, something really big like that. But they were saying, a lot of people say, oh, you know, missed out on an apartment. It's a, fir- a first world problem. But in fact, the grief you feel, these therapists say, is very real. Right. And it's not just grief over missing out on an apartment, on a property. It's actually grief missing out on the lifestyle you've suddenly envisaged yourself as enjoying. Right. And you've kind of gone into an apartment maybe a few times during the opens. You'd, you'd imagined your own furniture there. Well, they, they encourage you to do that, don't That's they? That's right. And they kind of make it a very neutral palette. They kind of take photos off the walls and things. So you can imagine yourself living there, which gives you a real emotional attachment. So then when you aren't successful at an auction or in a sales campaign, you do feel genuine grief because property in Australia is tied up so much with our idea of self, security, Mm. of success. And we can feel like a failure if if we miss out on apartments. You know, somebody else may have bid an extra 100000 and suddenly they seem, you know, a success in life and we feel a terrible failure. So your friend, our friend, who has missed out on a mm. lot of apartments, mm. sometimes because we've given her the advice not to buy. Well, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because we gave her advice not to buy one apartment when we read the Strata report. Yeah. And she was a bit heartbroken because she'd set her heart on this place. She really liked it. But she she took her advice. <laughs> she took our advice. And she decided not to buy. And eight weeks later, that apartment is still on the market. Right. So she feels very glad that she took our advice. And I don't know how you feel, but I kind of feel a bit vindicated. <laughs> yeah. I'm relieved, <laughs> I, exactly. I feel. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what would your advice to someone like her be about not so much how to get the apartment, but how to deal with not getting the apartment. Yeah, well, the therapists say the grief is very real. So you really need to acknowledge the grief and you really need to share it with other people. You need to tell friends or family that you just missed out and you're feeling a bit miserable. Yeah. Because one of them said this amazing thing. He said, um, silence is the fuel of shame. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's quite profound. Mm. So if you don't talk about a loss... Um, you can can start getting really tied up in feelings of your own inadequacy because you weren't successful and it kind of makes it worse and worse. So you really should acknowledge the grief. You should share the grief because, you know, a problem shared is a problem... Doubled. I was going to say half, but maybe, <laughs> maybe not even half. <laughs> and you, you should kind of be kind to yourself, sort of have a rest and recharge. I mean, right. I, I told this to my friend and she said, oh, no, I don't have time to rest and recharge. I've got to get on to the next auction. Right. <laughs> and you can see how yeah. that becomes a really a real driving force. But all these therapists were saying, you know, you, you should kind of think about beforehand how you're going to behave if you are disappointed in an auction or in a sales campaign. So you kind of work out practical strategies to cope if if you do fail because it's no good losing out, getting really emotional and upset and then trying to work out how to cope because, you know, that's not going to work. You've got to go in with a strategy beforehand and, you know, temper your expectations sometimes. Mm. If if something is priced 850 don't be devastated when it goes for 900 because you're looking at the market and so much is going for much more than it normally does. There was a report in one of the newspapers of a tiny fibro house in the west of Sydney that just went for double its reserve price. And it's a really modest little place. 
in this market, you just really don't know quite what's happening. But I think that's a case where somebody has gone in with a very clear idea of what they want to do with the property. Sure. And the price probably might be the least concern to them. It's more about getting a certain property in a certain position. And a little fibro house sounds like it might be meeting mm. a bulldozer quite soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's it's interesting, you know, they they were saying, really, if you keep losing out in a particular area, maybe look towards the bridesmaid area, you know, the the, the suburb next door, right. which might not be as highly priced. It might not have, you know, great views of the, the water or it might not be next to a park. But they were saying, just have a think about what home means to you. What What does an apartment mean? And it might not necessarily be a great view or it might not necessarily mean lots of room. It might mean... You're near a cafe that you particularly like, that you've become friends with the owner. Mm. It might be close to um, a little bunch of shops where you, you like to go and, and do your shopping. And it might be just having really nice neighbours. There's lots of things that make up a home. And we shouldn't just concentrate on one thing when we keep you know, battering our head against the wall and keep losing out. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about people who are fleeing the cities and going to live in places that are not in the city. <laughs> That's after this. And we're back. So people in large numbers are moving out of the city centres. That certainly seems to be the, the case in Sydney and Melbourne, yeah. especially Melbourne. Where are they going? They're going mostly to coastal areas, north or south, or they're going to regional areas, kind of near regional towns. Um, that would be, <clears throat> in New South Wales, it might be the Southern Highlands, or it might be the north or south coast. In uh, Melbourne, it might they might be going up to Mornington Peninsula, Warrumbul. That would be down to the Mornington <laughs> Peninsula. <laughs> um, it might just be um, areas on the coast. Um, so people are, are kind of... This was a trend that was already happening before COVID. People right. were looking to move out. Cities. The sea they, change thing. That's right. And they felt the cities were becoming a bit busy. There was lots of traffic, lots of noise. And they were kind of thinking, we'd like a bit more of a, a, a slower lifestyle. So that yeah. was happening. But COVID has really accelerated that trend. And a lot more people now are also thinking, well, we want some fresh air. We don't want to be around quite so many people all the time. Mm. And because we can work remotely, yeah. that gives us huge opportunities to, to move out to regions or to the coast, work at home, and then maybe just travel in once or twice a week uh, to the city, to our head office. And I've heard of, well, I did a story about somebody um, commuting from Hobart to yes. Sydney. You talked about them yeah, the other week. And I met someone the other day who's commuting from Marimbula to Sydney, which right. is a long way. They're, they're flying right. in a couple of times a week to work yeah. and then flying back. Most people aren't going quite that far, though, are they? I mean, here in Sydney, we're talking in the past about people going up to the northern beaches. Mm, that's right. They're, a lot of people have been going to Avalon, um, but people are, are looking a bit further afield because prices have been going up so much in those areas yeah, close to the yeah. city. They have to get a bit further out. And they do kind of say, if you can find a, a, a good place, maybe two hours 
north or south or west of the city, that's kind of ideal really. Two hours isn't bad, especially if it's on a train line. Yeah. And if it has good highways that aren't too congested. Um, two and a half hours is okay. Three hours is kind of getting a bit much. But you can go further if there's maybe an airport in that area. So what would the ideal be? I mean, the checklist, you would want NBN. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. But most places, I think, have NBN now. And you'd want either a tr- railway station or an airport? Yep, I think so. I mean, you can drive, obviously, but sometimes it's nice to be able to get public transport instead. What about healthcare? Is that a concern? Yes, that's really important, especially if you're a little bit older and you're looking for a, a, a bit of a lifestyle change. You right. need somewhere that has good doctors, that has access to a hospital as well. What about cafes and things like that? Do you want to take that Sydney, Melbourne lifestyle with you? I think many people are really um, obsessed with lifestyle. Right. You know, it's it's the word of this decade, I think, really. And so for lifestyle, you do need cafes, restaurants, boutique shopping, good grocers, things like that. Right. We all just love sitting around cafes. Yeah. You know, in the past, we might have loved sitting around in pubs a bit more. Yeah. Um, but we do like small bars as well. And that, that kind of lifestyle stuff, we want to be able to do that too. Right. What are the places that you think offer all of these elements? Anything spring to mind? Well, in New South Wales, for Sydney Ciders, a lot of people are going up to the central coast. Yeah. Um, they're going up to Lake Macquarie. Yeah. Um, I know someone who's gone, just bought a place in Port Macquarie which right. is a bit further away. It is. And then when you look south, um, places like... Kayama. Kayama. Yeah, Kayama is a good one. Berry. Yeah, and over in the Southern Highlands. People love the, oh, right. the Southern uh, Highlands the, as well. Oh, um, right. Bowral, yeah. Place Mossvale, places like that. Yeah. And then the coast, Shoalhaven, Shell Harbour. But it's interesting because um, two people I've heard have just joined this trend, Jimmy. Right, yes. yes. And... Um, <laughs> Who are these people? (laughs) We went on a whim. We went for a drive down to Kayama yesterday, and we ended up buying an apartment. Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? It was spontaneous. Yeah. It was... And and for people who stress all the time, when you buy an apartment, particularly off the plan, you really have to do lots of due diligence. We just actually... We saw a rainbow and went, it's a sign. (laughs) And people think I'm joking. It's not a joke. But having said that, I mean, we've just made an expression of interest in an apartment off the plan. So our lawyer will now, our conveyancer will now go through the the, um, contract and we will now do our due due diligence on that developer, on that development and on other developments they've done in the past. So we will actually do that, but we kind of did it a bit the wrong way around. But, you know, you look at the elements there... um, they were talking about the building management contracts. They're going to limit them initially to one year. Which is excellent, then three, Which they don't have to do, but mm. that's what they're recommending. It's a two-story high development, so it still gets uh, building construction insurance. And home warranty, yes. Home warranty insurance. Mm. Um, and basically, there's a lot of boxes there that it ticks. Mm. Yep. Sure. And, I mean, Kayama has a train line. It does. And it's a nice little community, lots of um, shops and lots of cafes. We went into the bookshop and they had my books. Cafes, all of which close at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon. That's true. (laughs) But that is the country. We have to get used to that, And it is coming into winter. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. No, it was bitterly cold down there, but then it was bitterly cold in Sydney yesterday as well. Yeah. 
But you're right, we just ignored our own advice and jumped in. Mm. But we haven't actually signed anything yet. No, no, and have we haven't we? put down the deposit, no. No, no. right. So okay. now there's plenty of time now to check it all out and yeah. do everything that we tell everyone else to do. Yes, mm. which is good. Mm. But it's exciting. Yeah. And one of the things that the developer there said they're going to do is they're going to have like an induction course for new residents, many of whom are downsizers who've never been in apartments before. Yeah. So they're going to tell them this is what you these are your rights and your responsibilities. That's a great idea. So we're going to be talking about rights and responsibilities and a seminar that's coming up after this break. And we're back. Sue, rights and responsibilities. What do you think most new apartment residents and owners get wrong in the rights and responsibilities? I think a lot of people, when they come from houses, they don't realise that strata is so different and you only own, you know, the airspace, really, in the building. In, In your apartment. Yeah. And that, you know, you've got common walls, you've got lots of common features, um, and that you kind of have to live as a community yeah. um, rather than being as an individual, your house is your castle and doing whatever you want. You kind of have to bear in mind you've got neighbours close, living close by yeah. and you have to realise that um, decisions about where you live are going to be made communally by everybody who lives there collectively. Yeah. And you have to be prepared to contribute to those and behave rationally and reasonably, really. Yeah, it's funny because over the years we've come across a lot of people who have done neither of those things. Um, <laughs> but it's sometimes not not maliciously, just they, they just don't... Just out of ignorance, they, really. Yeah, they like just don't understand. The resident owner of a place, when the strata manager or the building manager came to complain about him playing his music too loud, his response was, oh, it's okay, I'm an owner. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he thought that the bylaws only applied to tenants. Mm. And then there was a tenant who actually responded to an article of mine in the paper about bylaws who said it was quite funny because it was all done, you know, on, on their comment thing in the Sydney Morning Herald. And he said, I would look at the bylaws and choose which ones I thought were reasonable and ignore all the others. <laughs> And somebody wrote back and said, good luck hunting for a new apartment this weekend (laughs) because you're going to get kicked out. And, you know, it's things like people find somebody's parked in their their parking space, so they block them in with their own car Mm. and then delay going down to let them out. That's actually against the law. Yeah. You know, it's things like that where people feel justified in this defensive thing of that my home is my castle and... They feel justified in, quote, protecting their homes, unquote. Mm. Well, you know, there are limits to that. That's right. And when a lot of people make mistakes just purely out of ignorance, it becomes a problem because those kind of neighbourhood feuds just become more and more bitter and more angry and more unreasonable as time goes on. Whereas if they'd have just put a a nice note on the person's windscreen and said, look, sorry, you probably don't realise, but this is my space and please don't park here yeah. in future. Probably that would have solved the problem and there'd be no rancor left. Yeah, but there are always people who will stay, stuff you, what you're going to do about mm, it. Sure. I mean, there was a, a case recently of 
a builder in a townhouse development who used his garage as his kind of storeroom and workshop and parked his truck in visitor parking. And when uh, the resident of this townhouse development that we knew, her mother came to visit and she parked in that space. And the guy came back and put this horrendously abusive note saying, this is my space and if you park here again, I'm going to trash your car. (laughs) And obviously this guy was a bully and an idiot, but he, at some point, he was claiming that visitor parking space as his own, mm. which he was just not entitled to do. Yeah. So somebody had to sit him down and uh, mm. explain the facts of life to him, mm. um, which would have been an interesting little meeting, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I think we've still got a long way to go in Australia, really, haven't we? I mean, in Europe, they've been living in apartments for so long. Um, they're kind of used to this idea of communal living, whereas for us... We're still, it's still quite new for Australians, I think, really. And in fact, the Owners Corporation Network uh, is running a webinar on June the 16th at lunchtime, sponsored by the City of Sydney and their Strata 101 program, which will basically be discussing your rights and responsibilities as a Strata owner and resident. You can find out more about that on the Flat Chat website. One of the ways of getting information across is notices in lifts. Mm. And I've uh, mentioned a couple of my favourites in the introduction to the newsletter this week. Okay. So if, oh, you yeah. didn't, if you're not getting the newsletter, you're going to miss out on that. Ha, ha, ha. But I think most, <laughs> uh, most people uh, who listen to this would get the newsletter as well. But one of the trends I'm noticing in buildings is electronic notices. Mm, in the lift yeah, yeah so the lift you know you'll get something that says oh we've got the agm coming up next week and then there might even be local or national news mm. and pictures and everything it's really quite sophisticated yeah because that's like corporate um lifts isn't it really corporate offices they yeah. tend to have those kind of things and now it's, and it's now coming it's in, into apartments yeah yeah i don't know if it was edward de bono who he just wrote about this or he actually gave the advice but I always remember the, the new office building and they surveyed the workers in the office building and they asked them what they liked, what they didn't like. And one of the common complaints was it, the lifts took too long. Mm. And it was a huge building, you know, multi, yeah. multi, multi-story. And they couldn't make the lifts go any faster. So they got this expert, the psychologist, and as I say, it might have been Edward de Bono, I don't know. What do we do about this? How can we make people less annoyed about the lifts. And he suggested put a mirror in the lift. So suddenly, rather than standing there counting the seconds, Mm. you go and you check your tie or your your makeup or whatever, you check your hair, and it's kind of like you're passing the time. You don't even notice that you're spending time That's very clever, isn't it? Isn't it, yeah. Because I often, I don't have time to brush my hair before I leave the building, and so I often brush my hair in the lift if there's nobody else in there, really, yeah, in front of the mirror. Yeah, that would be a bit antisocial. Yes, that's right. And I sometimes put mascara on and sometimes lipstick on if I haven't done it already. One of the benefits of so, living on the 15th floor. You yes, get, exactly. You've got plenty of time to do all that. <laughs> so I'm really happy to do that. Yeah. But notices in lifts, I think they they can be quite entertaining. Um, they can be informative. They can be very, very silly. Um, I, I'm for them. Oh, yeah. Look, communication is always a fantastic thing, I think, among 
um, apartment residents. But as we know, there are certain uh, people, the kind of people who try to dominate committees, the last thing they want is communication. Mm. They don't really want everybody to know what's going on. And I think that's why I would recommend just about any building to get something like that. Our sponsor, Stratabox, you know, they mm. provide a, a kind of online interface where you can get everything from you know, the building's accounts to agendas for meetings, minutes for meetings, but you can also send each other messages. Yeah. And if you've got something like that in the lift, mm. so people get in and they can they That's can fantastic. see what's going on. The trouble is if you're on the fourth floor, you just got in and you're just starting to read and you're out. Well, you'd you have to go keep going up and down. Else. <laughs> <laughs> keep going up and down so you can read the whole story. It's, it's a good thing because... Say, like, we've, we've just got a heater for sale, a gas heater that we've yes. just replaced. It's perfectly Very reasonable nice. it is, too. And, um, we thought, oh, we should we should um, put a notice on the notice board, but not many people see our notice board because it's in a really weird place. And if it were an electronic notice board, yep. that would be fantastic because anybody moving into the building would think, oh, yeah, I could have this gas heater which would fit in the gas thing in the front room. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And people are moving in and out all the time yeah. and have stuff that they would like to sell or yeah. would like to even to give away sometimes. Yes. And um, that, that kind of communication would be a fantastic thing, really. Yep. Yeah. Got zero chance of it happening in our building, but everybody else, good luck with that. It's worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sue, for your contribution. We've covered a lot of ground. Thanks, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.